After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday. 
Tuba'av Erev Shabbos Nachamu. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
On your face, 
sorrow after these long nights And there'll come a time to leave the sadness behind We'll rejoice again after this black night passes A new light will dawn and you'll see Look how it shines, follow the signs Nachamu Ami Nachamu So be strong, be true, be brave You gotta keep your head up high You're young and you'll be smiling soon There's no need to cry So smile and dry the tears The day will soon be gone We'll rise again Throw off these chains Return and carry
J.M. in the A.M. and O.D. Shama from the great Rav Shlomo Kalbach on this Tuba of morning. It is a uh, golden opportunity to pull out some great wedding selections. I apologize. We had a little bit of a um, <clears throat> a little bit of a break, a little bit of a technical glitch 
uh, moments ago. You may have noticed that, uh, where a connection was lost between the uh, the home of our uh, network and our New York City studio. I thank uh, Avrami Finkelstein, whose uh, name has been out there a lot in the last few days. <laughs> uh, I thank him very, very much for being there and helping us reconnect as soon as possible and restart our Jam and Am broadcast, one that included uh, Yehuda Green with Nachamu. You heard Aryeh Kunstler's Nachamu. Bowie, excuse me, Bowie done by Shim Kramer. I saw Ruthie Kramer at the airport on uh, Wednesday. Ed Ben-Gurion told her that uh, we're playing her husband's uh, brand-new selection. Nachamu done by Safam, and, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Friday on this August the 16th, day 15 in the month of Menachem Av. Today is Tuba Av. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas via Shanon. It is Erev Shabbos Nachamu, candle lighting in the New York area, 732, 732. Um, make sure you know when things start where you are both in terms of official candlelighting time and many, of course, begin early. 70 degrees, 87% humidity, winds in north at 4 miles an hour, partly cloudy with a high temperature of 81 then tonight. Thunderstorms late and a low of 73. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature, 85 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 92. Woo! I don't think it was at 92 on Wednesday. It didn't feel like it. Uh, up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Misora, they're at 60 degrees, getting ready for their final Shabbat of the camping season. And uh, here in New York, it's 70, going up to 81 on this uh, Friday Erev Shabbos. Uh, what do we got? 20 minutes before 7 o'clock. It's Tuba Av morning. The, uh, the news yesterday from Jerusalem certainly uh, caused a lot of... Um, a lot of opinions to be discussed, revealed, uh, made public. <clears throat> We're going to have an opportunity. <clears throat> We're going to have an opportunity to discuss that issue and other issues with uh, Malcolm Honline. One hour from now, he's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. We plan on speaking with him at seven forty Eastern Time here at JM and the AM. So we'll uh, get ready for that conversation. Oh, yes. Um, so two Bob, so we have a, a bunch of selections we got to get on the air. Erev Shabbos Nachamu. Uh, coming up at 10 o'clock this morning, Mark Zamek with the, uh, an encore presentation of his Erev Shabbos show for this very special Shabbos, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And uh, we'll be with you all day long with uh, amazing selections all the way until uh, Shabbos Nachamu begins. Last night, I had the uh, opportunity, speaking of Tuba Av, to be at an incredible wedding on Tuba Av. <laughs> and I want to take this opportunity to wish uh, Charlie Friedman and Dahlia Hurt a major mazel tov from all of us here at the JM and the AM. Uh, a mazel tov to Edie and Philip Friedman. Seem like really nice people uh, with a wonderful family. And a special mazel tov to Rifki and Lance Hurt. What an honor it was to be part of their wedding celebration of their uh, children. And um, I know uh, I know Lance for a long, long time. And for those of us who are... Uh, 
who are concerned that we need leadership when it comes to uh, Jewish issues, Israel issues, institutions that are dear to us, including Yeshiva University, where he is a uh, a true leader. Um, it is, uh, like I say, extra special that I was able to be there and participate last night at his uh, family's simcha. So to Rifki and Lance Hurt, to the extended Hurt and Friedman families, and of course to Dahlia and Charlie, a major Mazda from all of us here at JM in the AM. Aaron Teitelbaum was at his absolute best last night with um, uh, Mordechai Shapiro and Revi Schwabel and Ellie Schwabel, an amazing chuppah, an incredible reception with, I, I couldn't even count, 20-plus pieces on stage and it was just one of the most exciting and incredible and uh, wonderful wedding celebrations that I've been to in recent times. So again, mazal tov to the Hertz and the Friedmans from all of us here at JM in the AM. 6.44 in the morning. Plenty more coming up on this Tuba Av, Erev Shabbos Nachamu at JM in the AM.
on Tuba Av, Erev Shabbos Nachamud, America's one and only Jewish moment in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and Nachum Segal, I come to Nachum Segal, and we're going to first the beloved NSN app. News from Israel next. <laughs> 
חשד לפיגוע דריסה סמוך לאלעזר בגוש עציון. שני בני אדם נפצעו קשה, ומטופלים כעת על ידי צוות מגן דוד אדום. הנהג הדורס נוטרל. כתבנו בשטחים יאיר אורוויטו. שלום, איתי. חשד לפיגוע דריסה בגוש עציון ליד היישוב אלעזר. רכב דורס פגע בהולכי רגל בכביש 60. שני אנשים נפצעו באורח קשה. צוותי מגן דוד אדום מטפלים בפצועים במקום ומעניקים להם טיפול רפואי מציל חיים. הנהג הדורס, על פי דיווחים מהשטח, נוטרל עד כאן. מיד בגלי צה"ל, עדכון מיוחד עם הפרטים סמוך לאירוע הזירה בגוש עציון. ישראל תאפשר לחברת קונגרס ארה״ב רשידה טאלב להיכנס ארצה ולבקר את סבתה בת התשעים. טאלב שלחה הלילה מכתב לשר הפנים אריה דרעי, שבו התחייבה לקבל את דרישות ישראל בביקורה. יושב ראש כחול לבן בני גנץ תקף את ראש הממשלה על החלטתו אתמול למנוע את כניסת טאלב וחברת קונגרס נוספת עומר ואמר הזיגזוג של נתניהו נובע מהיעדר מדיניות מתמשך. ההחלטה הנוכחית מתבקשת נוכח הצורך להוריד את האש שהבעיר נתניהו ביחסי ישראל וארצות הברית, כך גנץ. בן 23 מרהט מואשם ברצח צעיר שיועד להינשא לאחותו. הנאשם דרס קבוצת הנשים במהלך קטטה שבה היה מעורב, הביא למותו של גיסו המיועד ופצה את דודתו. כתבנו רמי שני מוסר שהפרקליטות ביקשה מבית המשפט המחוזי בבאר שבע לעצור את הנאשם עד לתום ההליכים נגדו. מזג האוויר חם ויבש עם עומסי חום כבדים, אחר ירידה ניכרת בטמפרטורות שישובו להיות רגילות בעונה. ולסיום, מצעד העשור המחודש של שנות ה-80 נמשך בגלגלצ. מיד תמיר קמחי, המגיש המיתולוגי של מצעד עשור ה-80 בגלי צה"ל, עם 40 השירים הגדולים שבחרו מאזיני גלגלצ וגולשי מאקו. מי ינצח בקרב ההיסטורי, הסינתסייזר או הגיטרות? התשובות לקראת השעה שש בערב, אז ייחשף שירי עשור. מיד בגלי צה"ל, עוד עדכונים מהחשד לפיגוע הדריסה הסמוך לאלעזר בגוש עציון. אלה החדשות.
J.M. in the A.M. with Rogers Park. Ufaratsta. Miami with Tfilat Chupa in honor of all the Chatanim uh, and Kalot on this Tuba'av morning. Yishtabach from Yaakov Shweki and Tuba'av done by Schlockrock here at J.M. in the A.M. Well, many of you may have seen this already. Uh, breaking news from Israel at 145 this afternoon, which is a half hour ago. A report was received by Magain David Adom of a ramming attack near El Azar in, Gish- in Gush Etzion. Two pedestrians were hit by a vehicle on uh, Highway 60 and were seriously injured. The driver was shot and neutralized. And, of course, for a variety of reasons, this uh, this story obviously points to terrorism. A ramming, yeah, a ramming terror attack in Gush Etzion. That is what happened... Um, 30 minutes ago in that region. Uh, the uh, As you may have seen, I posted on Facebook, the uh, the Minister of the Interior, Aryeh Derry, has approved Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib's request to enter Israel and visit her, uh, her grandmother. So now, as I said on Facebook, this episode keeps getting more and more fascinating as now Tlaib is in and Omar is out. And Israeli members of government are accusing the prime minister of zigzagging many, many times over the last 24 hours on this issue. So it should be very interesting to see how this all plays out. And we have a weekly update coming up. 20 minutes from now, Malcolm Holman will join me. Make sure to be tuned in. We'll do the weekly update at 740 Eastern time right here at JM in the AM. Hi, everybody. Shabbos Kodesh Kim.
Ich darf mein Halten neuen, ja im Schabus ein Eilisch geh'n. Ich spare Leute, er versteht gar nicht die Freude, noch fresst, huschet wie am Allegeiren. Ich seh Leute, wenn es so ist, er versteht nicht, wie es ist groß, das Singen finde ich schon mehr sein.
to sing one more little bit sad song a little bit happy both the covet says Shabbos give me how many friends give me how many hold on the last note can you imagine can you visualize can you think about about 2,400 years ago Somewhere on a street corner In the holy city, Yerushalayim And maybe, maybe, maybe 
It was on Matsohe Shabbos. No sweetest friends, let me tell you, according to our tradition, everybody knows that they have Torah, the portion of the prophet we read after a certain portion of the Torah. That means that the prophet prophesied this on that Motsoi Shabbos of the portion of that we hear. Without getting involved in the depths of it right now, the Shabbos was Hanan 2,400 to 500 years ago. Yushaya Novi listened to the Pasha was Hanan. And he came down to the streets and he prophesied and he said, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami,
See my sweetest friends. Says Nachem und Nachem, Ami. Console my people. Don't ever stop consoling them. And then it says, Dabru alev Yerushalayim. Speak into the heart of Yerushalayim, and call unto her. You know, sweetest friends, sometimes a person is so desperate for consolation. Sometimes a person is so desperate for one good word that when you want to give it to them, they run away. Can you imagine Mashiach would walk in right now? Most of us would just run through the window. Couldn't believe it. I want it so much, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. So he says, Dabu, Halel Yerushalayim. When she runs away, don't stop. Run after her and keep on crying loud. It's true, it's true. Yeah, I know it's so true. Sometimes you want to talk to your children, they're crying. And they run away. Because they're waiting for Mashiach so desperately. Give me how many one more time.
morning, it's Tubav. It is, in fact, Erev Shabbos Nachamu. Erev Shabbos Parshas via Shanan, candle lighting at 7.32 in the New York area. 7.32, many synagogues begin earlier. Make sure you know where things start where you are. And um, enjoy this uh, upcoming Shabbos Nachamu. A uh, reminder that uh, coming up at 10 o'clock, it is the first, it's the encore presentation of the first edition of um, this season's Erev Shabbos show. Uh, Mark Zamek has put together amazing music for Shabbos, for this week's Parsha, for Tuba Av, for Nachamu. It's all going to be on starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And again, uh, it is the beginning of the third season. So we wish him, as we did yesterday with him on the phone, a very big mazel tov and a big thank you on uh, creating the show and having it air three times between Thursday night and Friday morning so people can around the world can enjoy it. Uh, at whatever point they wish, and uh, we thank him for that. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning to you. Don't you love these weeks when there's no news? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed it. I have to, um, I have to start with the... Uh, well, for the first thing I should start with is that there's a uh, report from Israel that two Israelis were injured about 45 minutes ago in a suspected ramming attack outside of El Azar. The driver, presumed to be Palestinian, was neutralized, according to uh, MDA. Two pedestrians were hit by the vehicle on Highway 60, a 17-year-old boy and a 19-year-old woman. The MDA spokesperson said the first was unresponsive and in severe condition with multi-system trauma while the 19-year-old suffered from moderate injuries. They've been evacuated to the respective hospitals. So, I mean, I, in all fairness, I don't know if uh, you or anybody else has any further information on this, but that's the latest that's coming from the area of the Gush. And speaking of the Gush, we know what happened to Dvir Sorek there. Uh, we had the opportunity, because of a Nefesh Benefesh flight, to visit his family and participate in the Shiva call this week. And Malcolm, it may not be a bad idea, especially this week, uh, to start off by simply admiring our brothers and sisters in Israel who know and understand. I mean, yeah, you meet people with incredible strength, and this family is among that, uh, is, is in that category. Uh, who you, you meet people who are uh, who understand what the commitment is to live in Israel, to be in Israel, and to fight for Israel, and uh, the sacrifice that often has to be made or is made. And uh, as I'm sure you've experienced many, many times, it was a, uh, in many ways, an uplifting experience being in their home. Yes, and it's, uh, his grandfather, Rabbi Herling, was was killed in a, in a, in a terrorist attack, and um, 
it, I think it's remarkable that a group of, of Arab students wrote uh, a tremendous tribute to him uh, because they participated in a group in which he, of which he was part of for a dialogue group, um, and they wrote about him in, in such uh, amazing terms, but couldn't sign it for fear of retribution, wow. which tells you a lot about what the standard and what what the um, uh, degree of um, incitement and uh, intolerance there is. And the you know that the UN for the first time this week actually addressed the issue of the Palestinian incitement in the schools and in, in official statements and um, in uh, by government officials and by in, in educational institutions. And this is, I think, a first. It was just in Geneva at the UN Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. And they had several reports by non-governmental organizations pointing out the anti-Semitic and anti-Israel prejudice in the Palestinian media and uh, statements. And and uh, the the um, questions raised, particularly by representatives from South Korea, were quite sharp. And they, they talked about the obligation that people have, the member states have, to eliminating hate speech. So it's the first time that we're seeing that kind of uh, accountability being demanded uh, at the UN. It's not something we see very often there. But, you know, these incidents and the ramming today, which appears to be a, a terrorist attack by all the evidence, uh, and these two teenagers, as the media always calls uh, others who are teenagers, they won't talk about it when it's uh, young Jews who were innocent, just standing there and um, uh, are, are uh, hit in the way that they were by this ramming. It's a cowardly attack, uh, as is terrorism generally, and really requires people to speak out forcefully and to act forcefully to, to, to stop it, and that means going to the sources. In addition uh, to those that um, uh, to those families that are like the Sorek families in terms of inspiration, uh, I also had an opportunity, as you know, we were on the plane this week with Nefesh Benefesh, 242 Olim. And, you know, American families do not grow up with the same uh, uh, type of environment that the Israeli families do with certain uh, expectations and fears. And uh, and yet they are willing to go ahead and help build communities in Israel and really plant their roots and establish their roots and raise their children in the Holy Land in different areas of the state. And uh, you know how inspiring that is. So uh, uh, we were there and enjoying it. And uh, like I always say, the future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel. And this week we again uh, got to see that there is hope, in fact, for the Jewish people. And it's the day-to-day heroes who don't make the papers who are engaged every day in building the state, protecting the state, uh, sacrificing sometimes for the state. And, and you know, when there, there is a story, it goes away after a couple of days, but the families have to live with the consequences for the rest of their lives. No question about it. All right, and what might be considered the story of the week, um, the uh, Israeli government, led by uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, had in fact um, banned and uh, announced that there would be a ban um, and that he would not allow uh, Congresswomen uh, Tlaib and Omar to uh, come into Israel, a trip that has been uh, pretty uh, well publicized and certainly spoken about to a great extent. Uh, the latest is, and as I uh, mentioned on social media earlier this morning, it's fascinating watching this develop, 
uh, because if you don't pay careful attention to the latest, then you're not going to be up to date. The latest is that uh, the Interior Minister, Interior Minister Derry, has in fact approved Rashida Tlaib's request to enter Israel. She requested admittance in order to visit her relatives, and specifically her grandmother, who's in her 90s. And uh, the um, the Minister of the Interior, in fact, granted her permission. Um, I, I assume, I, maybe this is a wrong assumption, I assume that if she is, in fact, um, being granted permission for this humanitarian-type visit, that uh, she has to make or has to adhere to some type of guideline about there not being any type of political activity while she's there. Would that be correct? Yes. And we don't know exactly what she she agreed to, that she would not engage in boycott activities and that she was requesting on humanitarian grounds to visit her 90-year-old grandmother. I mean, obviously, it's been a very confusing week, and the um, various positions that have been taken from the beginning have caused uh, consternation. I think some of the statements made um, by people when when a a Jewish congressman from New York strongly condemns Israel over this decision, which is the right of every country to limit the um, those who come in and uh, the, the, the country and who have a right to come in uh, when they are engaged in activities that are detrimental to the state and specifically when you have a law that bars uh, that entry. Um, but the I think no one will say that this was a model about how things should be handled given the flip-flopping on, on the position on it. But now I think this will help diffuse uh, some of the anger and... and um, I suggest people go and read the statements if you want to see where people oh, stand. Yeah. Do, do you th- there's a whole scorecard out there with all the statements. Do you, do you think that um, uh, that now some of uh, the Jewish leadership and and let's toss in the, into that category government officials as well as you mentioned the member of Congress. Um, do you think that there might be some regret for the type of language they used and the type of reaction they had now that Derry has issued at least permission to her to come into the country? Yes, that's exactly my point. You can differ with the decision, you can criticize it um, uh, legitimately and say that you you believe that uh, they should have been let in. Steny Hoyer, who is a great supporter, just led the delegation of 40 Democratic members, uh, tried to negotiate this and and, um, was the first to to include in his statement about the option she had to to make a humanitarian um, appeal and uh, to 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 come to Israel under the circumstances that she ultimately agreed to, so there, there are it is legitimate for people to say we differ as many in Israel did, it, and many Jewish organizations did. But the language that was used, the way that people took it, uh, the opportunity, I think, uh, says a lot. And I suggest that people go back but see the the, the actual language that people used. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one thing to differ, another thing when to say that this this comes to the point of strongly condemning that's that's really outrageous the uh, the prime minister of israel whether we like it or not is de facto in the world's eyes whether we like it or not the leader of the jewish people that's a i think i think that's a safe statement to make i'm not saying officially but you get my point and yes. and the way that that certain leaders and uh, and certain organizations immediately go ahead and throw him under the bus when you would think that if your brother has you know sustained the 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 process and somewhat of the aftermath of this very difficult decision 
you'd think they'd be a little more either sympathetic or guarded the way they react. Meanwhile, if you look at the scorecard, there are very few on the Netanyahu side of the ledger. The majority of government officials and leaders in the Jewish world, uh, or at least the ones that are being spoken about and getting all the publicity, are on the other side. And you can't find too many who are, you know, ready to at least, you know, back the prime minister to an extent or discuss that, you know, he may have a legitimate point of view on this. Well, I think most of the statements, if you look, uh, were tempered and and not irresponsible. It is true that, that, you know, for those who have to work with him and people who are concerned about the relationship with the Democratic Party and Democratic side, um, that, that, and, 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 but, I, but I do think that there was uh, an attempt at balance and and some constraint about uh, about it. But you know, after you're told that that they would be allowed to come, then they're not allowed to come, and then they're allowed to come, and then you work out this this compromise. I understand why people are confused, and um, but as I said, there are, there are people who overreacted, both leaders, Jewish leaders, and and uh, members of the the media, and certainly even some of the elected officials. Um, so, you know, it's a very sensitive issue. We all know it. There were people who had weighed in before. So when people weigh in, then they get frustrated when right. their advice isn't taken. Uh, but I think the outcome, it's regrettable that this couldn't have been the outcome before. Right. That uh, would have resolved a lot of the a lot of the tension. So, so he may have made the right decision, but it, he may have just in a sloppy fashion gotten to that decision. Meaning, if in fact the prime minister... And one has to believe that, you know, that, in fact, this is his motivation. Uh, you know, he believes that, you know, a law is on the books for a reason. And, you know, if, if we're not going to enforce it, what's the point of the law? And the law I'm referring to, obviously, is, you know, one who calls for boycott of Israel, you know, should not be let into the country. So well, we should remind people that France last week barred somebody for 40 years for coming into the country because it was a she was a Holocaust denier. Every country, you know, there was a member of the Knesset that was barred from coming to the United States. There are people who are barred because of, of uh, incitement to extremism or their views. You know, communists used to be barred. Other people barred because of, of um, a danger, perceived danger that they, they would pose or because they violate standards that the country set for admission. Every country in the world sets standards. You know, but Israel is the only one that, that then gets uh, this kind of scrutiny. Obviously, this is a high-profile case. And I understand it, and I um, and I, I would say that I think that you know reviewing it, hopefully the they will see that the, you know wasn't handled in the best way possible. Right, but you also may disagree with me that if it was handled properly, it wouldn't have mattered in terms of the reaction and everything else. Well, if the outcome would have been the original outcome, then yes. But I don't know that they that the Congress members would have been willing at that point. Right. I think that they wanted a grandstand this. Uh, we are in the midst of speaking with uh, Malcolm Holmline. It's our weekly update. He is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AchimSiegel.com, and the AchimSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm, what about the whole President Trump angle on this, uh, that President Trump issues a public statement i mean we, his opinion regarding the two congresswomen is very very clear and then very shortly after that the prime minister announces his decision uh, mo- most conjectured that one had to do with the other what do you think 
Well, all I can go by is what the Ambassador Dermer has told me and told a, a call with the conference presidents that that was not the factor in the decision, that this was an internal decision uh, of Israel. It certainly has appearances given the timing and um, um, the, the circumstances. So I think it's safe to, to say that many people assumed it. A lot of the media made the link. Uh, but they, the Israelis are telling, telling us that this was an independent decision that they reached on their own. And um, now, in the aftermath of all this, uh, can this proceed peacefully? Can this, because one of the things that, that upset certain people, and I think more rational thinking on this, uh, was that it would simply be better for the prime minister to let them come in because it would end up having less publicity, less hoopla, it would be over with, I think it was supposed to be this coming weekend, right? It would be over with, and that would be the end of it. Uh, can this now, the way things are, proceed in a relatively peaceful manner, or we are going to likely be subject to some type of circus atmosphere? Well, I think that the media will certainly uh, hype this to the maximum degree possible, the visit that will take place. Uh, but she has signed a pledge, and she indicated that she only wants to go to humanitarian reasons because uh, she has a 90-year-old grandmother. You know, so we will see it. The problem is that it sucked all the energy also out of very critical issues yeah. over the last few days that are not getting the attention they deserve and regarding Iran, Turkey, ISIS, so many things, Gaza unrest, um, the, the, the um, developments that, that really require attention. And yet, of course, this gets such, um, such highlighted uh, focus that other issues get, get shunted aside. What can you tell us about the other congressional visit to Israel? They were very successful, 30 Republican members uh, of Congress, 40 Democrats, led by Steny Hoyer. Uh, they gave the, the prime minister a, a very strong ovation when he finished, the Democrats. Uh, many of them praised the visit, and some of them obviously have reservations or even criticisms. Uh, but they had a very successful visit. And as you know, there's nothing that sells Israel better than Israel and having people see it. But if you're going with a bias, if you're going there to exploit the freedoms that Israel offers, and, and to talk, they, they were going to the Temple Mount, they refused to visit any Israeli officials, they didn't want any briefings, they, they said that, that they listed it as a delegation visit to Palestine. I mean, it was clear that this was provocative and, the, and what the intent. Uh, so now... We'll see, but um, I, I think that there will still be a lot of media attention to the visit. But I, I'm, I, I think she will abide by the rules. Did uh, I, and I'm only operating on the assumption because I didn't see anything. So I'm operating on the assumption there was none. Did you feel inclined for the president's conference to uh, release a statement? We did, but but uh, we tried to be balanced. We we offered uh, we we hosted uh, Ambassador Dermery a statement of call, which um, most of the fifty three organizations were on, and he is very effective, as you know, as an advocate for the positions of Israel and very strong uh, debater, and, and offered you know the reasons uh, that there were criticisms expressed. Uh, there were some organizations that expressed support. I would say the majority expressed reservations or criticism of the decision. Uh, I, I just looked at so many uh, press reports before about uh, everything from Wiesenthal, ADL, committee, et cetera, even APAC, uh, so that uh, an our statement just reflected what the sentiments that were expressed were. Mm -hmm. 
what do you hear about the Temple Mount on Tisha B'Av? You know, Sunday was, of course, the observance of Tisha B'Av, and we had heard that there were, uh, and, and there are many people in the Jewish community of Israel who like to use the day to go to the Temple Mount, and usually every year there's record-breaking numbers compared to previous years, but this year there was some problem because of a Muslim holiday and some uh, some more objection than usual uh, to Jews going up to the Temple Mount. What did you hear about what happened Sunday? Well, in fact, there was there were clashes that uh, there were a number of Israeli policemen injured. I think the media coverage on it was simply outrageous. I heard some of the reports, BBC, NPR, and others that didn't even acknowledge the the Israelis that were hurt and and made it sound like it was a one sided slam against Muslims who were coming to the Temple Mount. But what they don't know is that the PA initiated uh, and instigated uh, clashes that they they closed some of the other mosques. They called um, to the to the mosques around Jerusalem to remain close so that they could recruit as many people as possible to come to the to the Temple Mount. They also changed the prayer time so that they would maximize the crowds when Jews would be there. Uh, I think about seventeen hundred Jews were allowed up, uh, as I recall the number. Um, but that's what they wanted. They wanted to to instigate a clash. They don't care about the. The victims uh, on either side, even of their own, uh, as we see in Gaza and we see in the West Bank, as we see everywhere else, every single day, with very little um, attention paid to. By the way, I saw William Daroff at JFK because his daughter made Aliyah on right. Tuesday, which is pretty cool. Uh, this is, of course, your successor, CEO, upcoming CEO of the Conference of Presidents. Would, would this be something that uh, that you would... Uh, at some point in the next few days, uh, call him, speak to him about this whole episode with what happened with the prime minister and the way the conference should react and uh, and how things historically have been when really sensitive issues like this come up between the different organizations. Well, we talked to, he, he, we talked to all of the member organizations and tried to brief the leadership, and certainly he will be uh, brought in to, to – there will be still a number of months before uh, he comes to the conference – and uh, we work together then, and uh, I think he, they should get a mazel tov on, the, on their daughters and uh, Michael Miller's daughter, others going who went on Aliyah. Right. Um, this is a wonderful tribute. Yeah, pretty amazing. All right, um, like the uh, the situation with Iran. I'm I'm somewhat confused because I read. I think it was actually in your Daily Alert, which I, at the moment I can't look up because of the technical circumstances we're under this moment. <laughs> but I I think it was in that alert that I saw the uh, the uh, desire among U.S. officials to seize one of the tankers belonging to Iran. Does that does that sound familiar? Yes, well, we did seize, but the the, the Gibraltar government, uh, of course, ruled that they had to release the one that was being held. And uh, against U.S. objections, and uh, they, we'll see whether there was a trade-off, what the deal was. Uh, I guess in time we'll, we'll find out more. But the the Iranians are threatening all the time now about seizing things that you know they're messing around with the GPS systems of the boats. So uh, the U.S. has issued a warning, and so the British and British and others that uh, boats stay close to the to the pattern and watch out for this kind of interference because the Iranians want to bring them into Iranian waters. Um, they also threatened uh, the arrogance, which is the United States and the Zionist entity, um, if they come into the Straits of Hormuz, if they join the, an international force, and, and more importantly, that they that they are um, threatening shipping going through the Straits of Hormuz and saying we will defeat that. Uh, actually, 
talk about defeating the United States and everyone else if they if they um, interfere in any way. But Iran's oil exports are down to between the estimates are 100 to 200 thousand barrels a day. Uh, the height it was 2.4 million. Uh, the average I think in the in months recently was uh, half a million, 600 thousand. So the um, and and they the more that they. Uh, express themselves in these extreme terms. You know that they are hurting, and the uh, the threats that uh, that they will destroy the United States, destroy Israel, et cetera, et cetera. That the um, we have to take seriously because they they're developing military capacity, but they certainly don't have the capacity to respond. They didn't respond to the hundreds of attacks that Israel has launched uh, against uh, military sites in Syria, even Iraq, as as we have seen. And the the threat that they will, as uh, Sinwar said, of Hamas, we're going to shower Israel in thousands of, of missiles that the Iranians are now clashing with Egypt in terms of influence in Gaza and pouring more money into Hamas uh, and threatening a three-war front against Israel and, and doing things to reinforce their capacity along the Syrian border, reinforcing uh, fortress-like situations in the villages where they have implanted missiles in people's homes. So the language has gotten um, stronger during the week. The rhetoric continues to be very extreme. But the the fact is that Iran is facing really serious challenges in terms of its its capacities and its internal situation. The unemployment rate now is estimated at forty percent inflation running at forty percent uh so this these are not prescriptions for a healthy economy or situation is Israel taking credit for the uh for the uh, bombing of the um, arms facility in uh, Iraq that is uh presumed to be an iranian backed facility? Israel does not take credit for m- many of its actions. L- lately, they did a few, including claiming that the F-35s flew to Tehran, a message that certainly had to be well taken by the uh, how long, powers to be there. How long ago was that? A few days ago? Um, two weeks ago. Ah, around. Nice. Wow. Uh, but they also, the, the flights to Iraq, there was a huge explosion there two days ago. Right. And... Uh, they are, uh, which was a depot for weapons, missile technology, other things that uh, missile parts, rather that uh, supposedly the Iranians um, put in place in, in Iraq. As you know, the growing influence of the Iraqis and the, the they claim that the um, the BMF forces now are the new ARGC, and that the Iranians are are dominant, are supporting many of the militias. But there are real clashes. You have the growth of ISIS. We have. Uh, again, all the attention that uh, should have been given to a lot of these issues was was uh, diverted. But they talk about how they have exported the sacred defense uh, strategy, which is one of sacrifice. And um, um, they talked about the, the Shiites of the world gathered under the command of Qasem Soleimani, who's the head of the IRGC, and that they created a Shiite NATO. And they talked about the admitted that 2,300 Iranians who went to fight in Syria were killed, which is a significant number and, and one that you don't often see them uh, acknowledging. Uh, and finally, the Israeli election. Uh, you know, before the whole, t- before President Trump's uh, tweet was tied to this whole story, um, I had conjectured that the Prime Minister went ahead and made this decision, the decision everybody's he's talking about with the Congresswoman, uh, Congresswoman, because of, uh, because, of, I mean, I hate to be cynical, of course, but, you know, there's an election coming up, and what crowd is he playing to? 
And some have observed that of all the election campaigns that he's been involved with in his career, it, during none of them has he been this magnanimous when it comes to the right-wing community politically and the right-wing community religiously. Do you agree with that? I, I don't know how you compare it, uh, because each election they, they these accusations fly on all sides and you have divisions um, within the opposition and within the uh, and the um, because the margins this time are so thin that every vote counts so the prime minister is reaching out to as many potential coalition partners remember it's not the just the results of the polls that indicate their vote but who can put together the 61 votes yeah. to form the government and right now it's a very close um, the, and there, are, there may be no margins in fact so the um, competition for who will who will be able to get it, and whether you are going to be dependent on Lieberman's votes, whether they will not be, it's uh, you know becomes heightened attention and heightened tension um, uh, over it. And the you know at the same time they have to run the country and, and deal with issues. But as we get closer to September seventeenth, I think people can anticipate that we will have. Uh, uh, more and more manifestations uh, of this kind. So what do you say to somebody who will t- say to you that um, if there was no election on the horizon, the original decision by the prime minister would have been different? I honestly don't think that it, it plays to uh, to the election. I think it plays to other considerations and, and um you know the the application of the law. I'm not that cynical that I don't think it's it's uh, that they aren't concerned about the precedent that it set, and they were concerned about how this would be exploited. Right now, the Palestinians are inciting that the cooperation, security cooperation, is more limited, and the um, and the demoralization of the security forces on the PA because they cut their salaries, although. The PA continues to pay the terrorists and increasing the amounts of money just as they cut the, the, the salaries of the security forces. Uh, that the and this, this hypocrisy does not get the attention that uh, uh, that it deserves. The, the um, so I, I don't know. Everything obviously takes on a political tone during this this time, and will increasingly that will be the case. Um, but. You know, Israel has to make decisions based upon a longer-term view. If everything is just seen through the the tinted glasses of of an election, after the election, you pay the price for it. Yeah, but most people aren't thinking about after the election. Most of those who are running for office. Yeah, but it's it's, it's a really weird year, also. One has to admit, with mm-hmm. the fractionalization and the 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 lack of unity on the right, uh, the right. divisions on the left. Well, you may have hit the you may have hit the big question. And that is, when did I become this cynical? That may be the real always. One. No, no, it's, it's not a change. You remember but, the, some uh, other episodes? I, I credit you with being consistently <laughs> cynical. Um, but I, I'm my concern about the election is that I think a lot of people may sit it out, that a lot of people may not vote. I, I hear that for the first time. Ultimately, I think Israelis do go to the polls in in very significant numbers, but yeah. it uh, you know that there develops a cynicism or or a fatigue. With I'm, this, uh, with the process and going through it the second time in in a few months, there's something going on. I was in Jerusalem Wednesday. I'm telling you, there's a lack of posters. Even one of the uh, even one of the cab drivers I I asked, he said, "Yeah, if I post him, if I post him, like what's going on? Nobody's excited about this thing coming up in a month." Because you got a month yet, so let's see what happens in the last weeks. And I know that there were some banners of BB with Putin, BB with Trump, and right. 
Uh, and, and nobody knows how these things really play out. Does it help? Does it not help? Uh, I saw some funny ads that they uh, created once, so they're appealing to millennial audiences. They appeal to other specific audiences. We'll know soon. Boy, oh, boy. Well, not soon enough. It's still a month ago. <laughs> All right. Next week we are uh, – am I right that next week you're um... – Am I oh, it's two weeks from now, right? Okay, next week we're on. It's Rata Shem, and hopefully everything will be stable on this end, and I thank you very much. Have a wonderful job. You too. Mal- great job. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. I thank him for his patience. It's, that was one thing I never expected, the, the technical glitch of the nature that we had in the middle of our conversation, so I thank him very, very much. And I wish everyone a happy Tuba Av as we stand on this Erev Shabbos Parshas of Eschanan, Erev Shabbos Nachamu, candlelighting in New York, 732. It's Friday here at JM and the AM, this time each and every Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire list in the audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas for Eschanan. According to the Chinuch, Parshas for Eschanan contains 12 mitzvos, 8 positive, and 4 restrictions. But wait a minute. I'd be very remiss if I said it only contained 12 mitzvos. In Parshas for Eschanan, you have the... Aseris Hadibros. In Parshas Ve'eschanan, you have the mitzvos of not only the recitation of Shema, but the mitzvah of Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. The mitzvah in the oneness of God, Hashem Echad, the uniqueness of God. There's none other like. The mitzvah to love Hashem. The mitzvah to learn Torah and to teach Torah. The mitzvah to put on tefillin shel yad, tefillin shel rosh, a mezuzah on your door, and the prohibition against intermarriage. And in addition, the Shabbos gets the name from its Torah, as did last week. But in last week's Haftorah, it was a Haftorah of unfortunate, impending tragedy. We begin this Shabbos, seven Haftorahs of consolation, Sheba Dinechemta, and we begin with Nachamu, Nachamu Ami, this Shabbos. The Parsha itself is celebrating with the Jewish people. The Parsha itself represents the incredible resiliency of the Jewish people to be able to go from sitting on the ground last Sunday from mourning to now literally being happy, excited with the not only Kriya Torah but the seven Haftorahs which assure us that there is going to be, please God, the coming of Moshiach. I'd like to focus this morning on that which occurs at the very beginning of the parsha. But before we take a peek at that, I'd like to show a earlier pattern of this in the book of Bereshis. Everybody <coughs> knows that, <coughs> as the Navi says, Titen 
Emes Liakov Chesed Liavram. Avram Avinu is the paradigm of Chesed. And if I were to ask anybody, show me, show me where in the Torah the Torah uh, proves that Avram is the paradigm of Chesed. So you're going to tell me, no problem, go to the beginning of Parshas Vayera, the beginning of chapter 18 in the book of Bereshis, and you're going to see the incredible detail that the Torah gives us regarding the hospitality of Avram Avinu on the third day after his circumcision. He's in great pain. He's even more pained by the fact that he can't extend hospitality. And now wait a second. I'd like to ask you a question. There's no question that from his end, Avram Avinu is extending hospitality. But, ay ay ay, little does he know that he's entertaining three malochim, three angels. And as we know, the angels don't eat. The Torah says that right? and they ate, says Rashi Niru Kemosha Achlu. It appeared that they ate, but they didn't really eat. Oh my goodness, it would appear that all of Avram's effort was for naught. Let's put that in the back of our minds. And that's the first example I'd like to give of ay, 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 wasted potential. Let's go to the very beginning of Parshas for Eschanan. And the Torah tells us, Moshe, in speaking to the generation that's about to go into Eretz Yisrael, says, you guys don't know how much I did for you and without patting himself on the back he says I gotta tell you and I begged Hashem at that time when Hashem said you're not going into Eretz Yisrael I begged him our rabbis tell us the numerical value is for Eschanan 515 that he actually prayed 515 prayers and wait a second the Gemara in Brachos, Lamid Beis Amid Aleph, 32a, and as is codified by the Rambam in Hilchos Tefillah, chapter 1, Halacha 2, the Rambam writes that there's an obligation from the Torah, Shei Odom Mishanein Umispalel B'chol Yom. A Jew should literally beg, implore, pray daily, and there's a format to it. Umagid shivcho shel Kodesh First, we begin the prayer by praising Hashem. V'yacharkach, afterwards, shoel tzrochov, does one ask for that which they need? And finally, achakach nosein shebach vodah. You give praise and thanksgiving to Hashem afterwards. And Rav Simlo'i in the Gemara Brachos 32a says, where do we learn it out? We learn this out from the prayer of Moshe. The Moshe begins by Atah Hachilosa, you began, La Rosas Avdocha, Hashemikel Kamocha, who was like you, Hashem, Bashemaim Uvaoretz, Hashayasekema Secha, who does like you, Ukivura Secha. And then Moshe says, Ebrona. So Moshe first praises Hashem, and then he requests 
to go into the land of Israel. And our Shemona Esrei, the first three brachos are Shevach, patterned after Moshe. I'd like to ask a very simple question. Oh my goodness, of all the prayers to pattern after, a prayer that Hashem says no, what good was Moshe's prayer if it did not accomplish what he wanted? And finally, let's take this question one more level. We know that there is a time limit to Shacharis. If the prayers are in place of the Karbonos, so the Karbon Tamid was brought in the morning. Hence the name Shacharis, which is in place of the Karbon Tamid, and therefore it's got to be in the morning. However, there's the other opinion in the beginning of the fourth parak of Brachos that says that our prayers are not only corresponding to the offerings in the temple, but they reflect the patriarchs. Avram instituted Shacharis, Yitzchak, Mincha, Yaakov, Meirif. Now tell me about Avram. And the Torah tells us back in Parshas Vayera, after the destruction of Stom and Amorah, the Torah says, Vayash came Avram Baboker, that Avram got up early in the morning to pray. Elamokoma Sher Omad, which is Amidah, our rabbis tell us, is prayer. So once again, we're learning an aspect of prayer, namely when to pray from a prayer of Avraham that, forgive me, Hashem said no. Interesting questions. I have, I believe, a very basic and important answer that we can all learn from this week's parsha, Namely, what is prayer? Let's begin by saying that prayer is not a shopping list. One has a shopping list, they go to the supermarket, they need this, they need that, they need flour, they need sugar, they need this, they need that. Perhaps one could look upon prayer as just that. Hashem, I need, I need, I need, I need. I believe we see from this week's parsha that prayer is so much more basic than I need. Namely, prayer represents the privilege of man to have an encounter, a relationship, a conversation, a dialogue with Hashem. Think about it. Unbelievable. God is infinite. Man is finite. God is perfect. Man is imperfect. And the very fact that there is communication between the great God, Hashem, and insignificant man, that is something of an unbelievable teller, of an unbelievable wonder, that just as one of the 13 on Imamin is that God communicates with man, a man called a Navi, so too do we believe that man has the ability to communicate with Hashem called prayer. That is number one. And indeed, I can tell you that part of the root of the word tefillah, which is prayer, comes from the word psil, 
which actually is a thread because what is prayer prayer is actually tying together right sewing together joining together two threads two different ends two different beings the Almighty and man. So the very fact that we are privileged to have a relationship with prayer, with Hashem, through prayer, that is the significance of prayer. Now let's remember, it was just a week ago on Sunday that unfortunately we were observing Tisha B'Av and we did not say Tiskabil because it was Sosam Tfilasi. It was a time when our prayers were not being accepted. And now we rejoice this Shabbos in this relationship that we are privileged to have with Hashem. Now I'm going to show you something fantastic. Really a delicious Rashi. You'll see for yourself, those of you who will take my advice and bring to the table tonight, tomorrow, a Sefer Malachim, the Book of Kings. I'd like you to turn to Malachim Aleph, Book 1, Periches, Chapter 8, whereby it's a long chapter where King Solomon, who's dedicating the first base Hamigdash, is offering a heartfelt prayer to God, and he enumerates different usages of the base Hamigdash. So in chapter 8, Pasuk um, 39, he says, Hashem, when a Jew calls out to you, then you should please Tishma. Hashemayim, you should listen, and v'nosato le'ish k'chol derachav. You'll give the man that which is, quote, coming to him, asher teda es that you know what's best for him. Ki ato yadato levadcha es levav You know what's best for man. However, in the same chapter, go to verse 43, however, he speaks there and says, that a non-Jew who's going to come to your base Hamikdash, who's going to hear that God is so special and He rules over the entire world, you're going to hear His prayer. And what does Shlomo say? There, do whatever He asks of you. So listen to this powerful Rashi. Rashi picks up on this, that the contrast between what you should do for the Jew as well as what you shall do for the non-Jew, Rashi says, regarding the Jew, Shlomo said that you should give to the Jew what's coming to him. Why? Because the Jew recognizes, I'm translating to save time, recognizes that God knows what's best for me. I don't know what's best for me. I ask for something. I think I need it. But when Hashem says no, He's really doing what's best for me. So Hashem, you decide what I need, give me, and what I don't need, you don't give me. Avol Rashi continues, the non-Jew is going to rebel. He's going to say, I don't believe it. I traveled so far and came to this place, and guess what? I asked for something, and I never got it. Look what kind of a God this is. And therefore, Shlomo says, give it to him, even if, ouch, it's not really in the long run what's best for him, but give it to him now. The idea is incredible. 
the relationship that we have with Hashem through. Finally, let me just close with today being Tu Ba'av. The Gemara at the end of Tanis teaches that Tu Ba'av was one of the happiest days. And one of the things was that the law which appeared at the end of Parshas Masai, telling the tribes that when a woman inherited land from a father, she was not to marry into another tribe. This was only for that generation. After that, a woman from Usher could marry a man from Gud. And they based it on a Pasuk in the end of Bamidbar, 36 Pasuk 7, Pasuk 6, excuse me, Ze'adovar Asher Tziva Hashem Livlo Safchad. This is what was told to them. Now, the idea behind it is that on this day of Tuba'av, there was a greater sense of oneness, closeness between the Jewish people. No more restrictions. A woman from any tribe could marry a man in any other tribe. And when there is this love, affection, closeness between the Jewish people, so too is there this love and affection between God and the Jewish people. Today is that very special day, and we celebrate this Shabbos, the very special, privileged relationship that we have with Hashem. Shabbat Shalom to all. נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, יאמר אלוקיכם. 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 דברו על לב ירושלים. דברו הלב ירושלים, נחמו עמי, דברו הלב ירושלים. אמר השם, אמר השם, את מי צריך לנחם? האם לא אותי צריכים לנחם? מי שנשרף ביתו מי שנשבו בניו, את מי צריך לנחם? נחמוני, נחמוני עמי. נחמו, נחמוני עמי. נחמו, נחמוני עמי. מחיתי, מחיתי. מעל כל פנים. נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, יאמר אלוקיכם. נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, יאמר אלוקיכם. נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, יאמר אלוקיכם. 
נחמו עמי, נחמו עמי, ימר אלוקיכם. דברו הלב ירושלים, דברו הלב ירושלים, נחמו עמי, דברו הלב ירושלים. אמר השם, אמר השם, את מי צריך לנחם? האם לא אותי צריכים לנחם? מי שנשרף ביתו, מי שנשבו בניו, את מי צריך לנחם? נחמוני, נחמוני עמי. מי שנשרף ביתו, מי שנשבו בניו, מי שנטרף צונו, האם לא אותי צריכים לנחם? נחמו, נחמוני עמי, נחמו, נחמוני עמי, ומחיתי, מחיתי דמעה מעל כל פנים. ושבו בנים לגבולם. J.M. in the A.M. Aaron Razel, Nachamu, 16 minutes before 9 o'clock. Uh, keep in mind that, uh, well, first of all, uh, Yoni Pollack is scheduled to uh, host J.M. in the A.M. this coming Monday, and I thank him in advance. Yoni Pollack will be here between 6 and 9. Make sure to treat him well. I'm sure you will. Um, so he's scheduled for this coming Monday morning. Uh, Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis between 7 and 9, the Shabbos Nachamu weekend edition. I thank Matis in advance, of course. Again, that's uh, Shabbos Nachamu edition of JM Sunday this coming Sunday between 6 and 9 a.m. Um, between 7 and 9 a.m. Sunday, I'm sorry. Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami. We are going to replay. This is going to be a new tradition for us. We're going to replay the second half of JM and the AM from Friday every Saturday night after Saturday Night Seagull. So if you're tuning in, you want great late-night programming on Saturday night, which a lot of people do, so a lot of people are listening to Avrami, uh, then you could stick with it and hear the full conversation with Malcolm Honline, Rabbi Yudin's um, uh, words about the Parsha, etc. Big help for those who are listening in places like Australia, and I know we have a lot of listeners there. Uh, because now you don't have to worry about missing Friday's show. You'll hear it uh, on the stream, on the network, uh, right after Avrami's Saturday Night Seagull. Uh, Erev Shabbos show with uh, Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedan. That's happening uh, at 10 o'clock this morning. Erev Shabbos music mix as well, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedan. Harry Rothenberg's video blog on uh, Parshas Veschanan coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern time on our network. So lots going on all day long. I hope you keep it right here at the Nahum Seagull Network. Uh, make sure to do so. You'll be happy you did. Brooklyn Cyclones are home Sunday. Sunday, the Cyclones are home on the, um, on the uh, what's, what's Sunday, the 18th? 18th of August, starting at 4 p.m. You can enjoy them starting at 4 p.m. The big benefit concert, the Kalbach Moshav benefit concert with Yehuda Green, Yehuda Solomon, Noah Solomon, Shimon Lansbaum, this coming Wednesday night, Parky Synagogue. On East 67th Street in New York, beginning at 8 p.m., go to the thekalbachshul.org for information about that. 
Uh, Mazal Tov to the Kaylee family. A Torah dedication in memory of Harvey Kaylee and celebrating the 80th birthday of Gloria Kaylee happens this coming Sunday at the Hampton Synagogue. Starts at 12 noon with a dedication ceremony followed by the outdoor musical processional and festive luncheon. Information at thehamptonsynagogue.org. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I want to thank those who have been commenting on our app this morning. Even those comments, or especially those comments that were not related <laughs> to our major malfunction that happened in the middle of the weekly update. Hoping that doesn't happen again. Uh, Nahum, when you... Um, when you get a chance, please let people know in the event they need to go to the Israeli consulate, you need to make an appointment. I made a trip in the mountains yesterday for naught. Thanks. All right, that's a good uh, that's a good tip. Yeah, you do need an appointment at the Israeli consulate. You can't just walk in and get walk-in service. Happy birthday, a special happy Hebrew birthday to Yehudis Zwick. I got that from listener Silky. Yehudis Zwick, happy birthday to you. She, meaning Silky, says you're such a special person. All right. Um, what else do we have here? Um, Happy Zadie says, listening to you while traveling the light rail in Yerushalayim. Thank you. That's really cool. Thank you very much. Listener HFD Shlomo says, wishing well to those in Camp Misora. It's the final Shabbos for this summer in camp. It certainly is. We said that earlier. We mentioned Guilford, New York. This is it. Final Shabbat. Uh, Nachamu will be the final Shabbat for everybody up at Camp Masora. And they're getting some special visitors, I believe, uh, up at Camp Masora this Shabbos. Yeah. So that should be fun. Everybody enjoy, of course. Um, all right. More coming up. You're listening to JM and the AM. And here's eighth day on this Tuba Av. A little bit of sun won't dry you out Two raindrops won't end this drought But a little bit of friendship goes a long way If you got a friend, you'll be okay A little bit of friendship goes a long way It'll bring you some muzzle, you'll be okay So give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle Give me a whistle, a whistle and click Give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle Give me a whistle, a whistle and click You're down and feeling small Got a phone but no one to call When your hope has sailed away And you've got nothing to say A little bit of friendship goes a long way If you got a friend you'll be okay A little bit of friendship goes a long way It'll bring you some muzzle, you'll be okay So give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle Give me a whistle, a whistle and click Give me a whistle, a whistle and muzzle Give me a whistle, a whistle and click
out your hand to a friend don't hesitate hot chocolate this summer is all that it takes brighten someone's day that will do the trick bring in some eyes oh you'll bring in some blue Did it? 
J.M. and the A.M. Udi Davidi with that one. Sameach to Samach on this Tuba Av as we uh, tried to get in as much uh, wedding music as possible on this uh, on this day of uh, Tuba Av here at uh, J.M. and the A.M. I thank all of you for tuning in. We're going to wrap things up in a minute. Big weekend planned in terms of uh, our programming. Make sure to be with us all day long as Kedem presents our Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek. And, of course, the Kedem presentation of the Erev Shabbos music mix. Tomorrow night, it's Saturday Night Seagull, plus the replay, as we said, of the second half of JM and the AM from today, which is our new uh, tradition that we've we've founded. And... Um, and uh, Saturday, and then Sunday, JM Sunday, Matta starts at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in this coming Sunday for JM Sunday. Time to take a Shabbos with Journeys at JM in the AM. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com and the NachumSegal Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Hey, from our app, happy anniversary to Fran and Peter Cohen, a happy 39th wedding anniversary. Fran and uh, Peter Mazalto from all of us here at JM in the AM. And to Sarah and Chef and the entire Samanowitz family, a big mazal tov on the brand new grandson from all of us here at JM in the AM. And anybody who speaks with Chef Barret or, of course, any member of the Samanowitz family, you make sure to give them a big mazal tov. Tonight is the Shlom Zachar. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful Shabbos Nachamu. Great weekend. Monday, Yoni is here. Tuesday, I am back. And, of course, all of our regular great weekend programming on the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Shabbos, great weekend. Till next week, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.